Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to something that's new. So look, I know um, I announced and I told y'all that the Wrestling Realm interview would be on the Bros Who Think podcast. But funny enough, uh, over the past, I'd say, couple of months, I've been talking with my man, Peter McGinn, host of the What Do You Say Anime podcast, and we've just been chatting about wrestling for a long time, and he likes it, I like it, and it finally happened to where we were like, hey man, let's record something, and let's finally talk about it. You make podcasts, I make podcasts, we're both in the media, let's talk about wrestling. And we recorded episode one, literally a couple days after I talked to the Wrestling Realm podcast. So I'm not going to put the Wrestling Realm podcast episode with me with me and Pete do for episode one. No, we wanted to give the Wrestling Realm uh, pod their own shine. We wanted to make it special because this episode is special. I really love talking to Brian and Dwayne and Brother Hugh. Those guys are incredible, and I was honored at the fact that I got to sit down with them and talk wrestling, something that is a passion of mine. And it's been a passion of theirs for, for longer than it is of mine. So it was a blessing and an honor that they allowed uh, me to conduct an interview with them. So I talked to Pete uh, and we decided that, hey, let's make this episode zero of our new wrestling show. And I know you're thinking, well, a new wrestling show, what's the name? Well, welcome in to episode zero of the Work Shoot Show with Lynn and Pete, or with Pete and Lynn. However, we, we, we haven't decided that part. It's just probably just going to be the Work Shoot Show. But welcome in to episode zero of the Work Shoot Show with this week's special guest, the Wrestling Realm Podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I'm so excited for you to join in on the journey of the Work Shoot Show. And there's no better way to start this show than to talk to three brothers I respect tremendously. Three brothers that paved the way for me to be doing something like this. The Wrestling Realm Podcast. In my opinion, the best wrestling show out on the market. So without further ado, let's jump into episode zero of the Work Shoot Show with the wrestling with special guests, excuse me, with special guests, the Wrestling Realm Podcast. Shout out to my guys, Brian, Dwayne, and Brother Hugh. Let's start it right now. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I got to do it every time. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you're tuning in on Rise and Grind on ESPN Lafayette or you're tuning on the Bros Who Think podcast, welcome to this very special interview to my ESPN Lafayette audience. Y'all know I've been bringing wrestling to Lafayette. And y'all know I've been bringing on my guy, Brian Waters. But today we have a very, very special episode for y'all. Not only do we have Brian Waters on the show, we have the entire Wrestling Realm podcast. Brian H. Waters, Mr. Dwayne Allen and Brother Hugh on the show. I'm super excited. How are you fellas doing? I'll start off with you, B. How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. You know, I'm here, here with you again. Appreciate the invite. I got my brothers, so, you know, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm excited, and welcome to the first time. I'm going to start off with Brother Hugh. How you doing today, my man? 
Oh, I am great. I am great, 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 man. You know me. Like I said, I'm like I said on my show, man. I'm, I'm just chilling in the cut like a bandit, like some neosporin, you know. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I we, love it. We, we cool over here. So. That's a bar. In the cut like <laughs> neosporin. That's a bar. I'm giving it to you. Also, Mr. Dwayne, how are you doing? I'm blessed, man. I'm happy to be here, brother. I appreciate you having us home, man. And trust me, we're trying to trademark that. He's chilling in the cup like a bandit. Y'all need to, like, <laughs> hey, real talk, real talk, real talk. I know y'all, y'all went to school, y'all big in the media game, y'all know this. Y'all got to turn that into merch. That got to be a shirt. <laughs> we're, just, we're trying to figure it out. Like, he's, he's got a couple yeah. of one-liners, but we got to turn this merchandise. Because Brother Hugh is the smoothest guy on the show. So, <laughs> it's funny, because that was my first response, too. I said, this brother said, chilling in the cut like a bandit. <laughs> That's a bar, but so happy to have all of y'all on the show today. This is a moment for everybody listening to Lafayette. This is the the best wrestling podcast, in my opinion. If you like wrestling, you need to go listen to the wrestling realm. They keep it real and they tell you what you they don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you the truth. One hundred percent. So y'all know, Brian, I'm going to introduce y'all to brother Hugh and and Dwayne real quick. So I'll start off with you, Dwayne. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Uh, how you got into wrestling and uh, your favorite wrestler? Just give them a little bit of info about you. Yeah, man, no problem. You know, I'm you know I've been a wrestling fan uh, for as long as I can remember. I got into wrestling when I was very young. I had to be about three or four. Like wrestling was always around. My brother was into wrestling. He's about two and a half years older than me. My dad was into wrestling, so wrestling was always around. Like uh, my first memories of professional wrestling in my house was, like I said, it's the action figures and the toys. I remember we had a big uh, school. Uh, big school bus toy box full of the LJN action figures. And then eventually the Hasbros. And then we also had the wrestling buddies with Paul Kogan, the ultimate warrior and macho man. And, uh, we had, um, like my, it was wrestling bed sheets. My brother had a subscription to WWF magazine at the time. Like I had like Fox kids magazine. He had WWF magazine. So I was surrounded by wrestling, wrestling every Saturday morning. My dad, you know, whatever it was on, he got to wrestling with us and it was always there and just, it was something that just kind of spiraled. And as I got older, uh, you know, as, as wrestling kind of progressed and the uh, Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era kind of took off, I kind of re-got back into it and I started collecting action figures again. I just fell in love with, the, with everything that professional wrestling has to offer. And it's something that just naturally has stuck with me throughout these years. Wrestling has been there for me in my most darkest of days. So like it's, it's one of the most dependable things I have in my life, to be honest with you. And I had nothing but uh, good memories and bad memories. But some even now, the bad memories you know, contribute to the good memories today. So like I said, my, I fell in love with Bret Hart uh, as a kid. Like, I remember seeing his picture in those magazines so much at the time. And mind you, it wasn't current stuff. This, we talking maybe mid-96, 97-ish, when I started really getting back into it. And his face was everywhere. Every old WF magazine, I'm looking for Bret Hart stuff. I mean, and then I'm like, well, who is, who is Bret Hart's biggest rival? It was Shawn Michaels. So then I was, it was, I would make, before I could afford the action figures, I would make paper cutouts. I would draw That's Bret hard. Hart. And I would draw Shawn Michaels. And I'd be in class, like, trying not to get in trouble. Because I knew as soon as I got free time, I lunch, it was going to be Shawn Michaels. And, and the, the worst part about that whole situation was I would spend all that time trying to create Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and paper. And they would never make the trip home. Because by the time they got in my book bag or folder, by the time I got in the house, they was ripped up. And I'm like, oh, I got to start all over again. That's, that, you're talking about stress as a kid, but that's how much wrestling affected me as a kid. And it's just something I've just, I've fallen in love with. I've fallen out of love with it. But, but now I'm in a space now where I get to talk about it with my brothers and we can go deeper. As you get older when you watch wrestling, you have to change how you look at it. You know, it's a show as a kid, right? 
But as you get older, you recognize it as a show. And then you begin to get into the other elements of professional wrestling, the drama, the stories, uh, the presentation of it all. And you become enamored with how it all works. And the fun part about it now is that we get to have these type of conversations. You know what I mean? And it's just as entertaining. It's just as fun at a, at a perspective of older fans now. So it's like you, you kind of carry your passion and it grows with you, right? So you watch it one way as a kid, but then you watch it a certain way as a teenager, and now we watch it differently as an adult. And it just it has stuck with me all these years, man. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm having a blast just talking about the business with my brothers and just having fun again. I get to relive moments as a kid. You know, we always talk about like, man, when we were kids, we wish we had each other. I know Brian and he grew up together as uh, as childhood uh, friends, right? But you know, we didn't have each other as 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 a trio, you know, as a group. Mm-hmm. So now. Now, I don't care how old we are, we get to relive those moments. And that's why we, we're, you heard what brother he said before the show, it's always for the shenanigans because we turn into 12 year olds, we turn into DX. You know, DX, the whole point of DX, the whole uh, premise of it, they said you got a bunch of 30 year olds acting like they're still in high school. And now, guess what? We're those 30 year olds acting like we're in high school now. <laughs> except, except, we, except we've turned it into a show, we've tried to put it on t shirts, and we just had a blast. So we get to come on and be on shows like you, with you, Lyndon, and just this is what makes it all fun, man. That's amazing. And just from what you said, you can hear the passion in your voice. You can hear your love for wrestling. And that that is 100 percent why I'm so excited to have this conversation, because you, Brian and Brother Hugh, are the real deal. And the people who just heard that, you can hear the love. Brother Hugh, tell the people a little (laughs) bit about yourself, man. Same thing. Favorite wrestlers, just how you got into wrestling, that whole jam. I, I hate to piggyback off of Dwayne, but it's, it's a very similar story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very similar story. I mean, it started out with my mom and my grandma. They introduced me to people like Ric Flair. That's Sting awesome. was like the uh, the blonde Sting. Mm-hmm. Man, he was like my favorite wrestler of all time back in the day. And um, I just latched on to that and then just, just kind of kept growing and growing and growing. And then I faded away for a while. Because I noticed, like, I was the only person besides my brother that was like, all right, are you a wrestling fan? Yeah. Nobody else really cares about this. So then I started to ease, you know, ease into, like, a little bit of baseball. Baseball is my passion. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. King Griffey Jr. all day. Sure. But I started to go back into baseball. And then once I met up with Mr. Brian Waters, man, it was over. <laughs> it was over. I, I said, we, we met up. You said, Hey, we started talking about wrestling, and oh, you like wrestling? Oh, I like wrestling too. Who's your favorite? Oh, you really know about wrestling? You're not playing with me. <laughs> well, yeah, let's 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 go. We've been best friends ever since, man. Right, the height of the attitude era too. That's awesome. Right, right. So, uh, oh brother Hugh, who's your who's your favorite wrestler for the people to know? We got we got we got Dwayne <laughs> with uh with uh Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart. We got. Uh, my man B Waters with uh with Hulk Hogan and some Brian Danielson. Who's your favorite wrestler? Well, my favorite wrestler is Kane. One hundred percent. I know. I know everybody probably like what Kane. What? Nah, explain nah. it to them how we talked about it off air because I think they'll get it for man, sure. It's it's the mystique of of his character. Like when he first came out, he wasn't talking. Like you don't you didn't know what he was thinking. He just went out there, did his work, did what he had to do, and left. Yep. Made his mark and left. And the way you they know, set it up is what made it amazing to me. Like, I rewatched that story. from the edit. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. Production and the storytelling behind, like, <laughs> I mean, production and storytelling is everything to me. 
So it's like the way they brought it up, they introduced it to us and then they, they presented it to us. It was just awesome. That has to be like the greatest debut of all time. I was thinking of saying everybody was waiting for that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, what was better? I, you know, like just the, the lights, the as the drama, the, the fire. You know, I, can, I can't give right. you one. I really can't give you one. Like to me, the things I can give you is like return pops, like oh, uh, Kenny Omega coming back from injury. You got CM Punk coming back to wrestling for the first yeah. time. You got The Rock coming back to WWE, like return pops. But in terms of introduction pops, I can't. Yeah. I can't give you too many. And see, I, I think it's very interesting because I like that Kane is your favorite because it's, it goes back to what you said to Brian. Like, oh, y'all know rest. You are you know mm -hmm. wrestling because that's something you don't hear. So I love that. And right. I and I know I sent y'all the list, but I gotta yep. ask y'all just because <laughs> I, Brian though, when, when things come up, we like to divert. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. We're talking about errors. What do y'all mm -hmm. think is the best era in wrestling? And I think that'll be a perfect way to start off this conversation. I would definitely say for me, the, uh, the, the Monday Night Wars era, you know, so that the Attitude Era is, you know, is considered now. But I, I say the Monday Night Wars era because I include uh, WCW in this impact during that time. Like, it, I mean, we have never had an era where two wrestling companies were at the top of television, period. You know They're what I mean? Like, it out, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're talking. Hey, we're this, talking this, this is me in between in, in between commercials. <laughs> I mean, we're talking TV, merchandise, pay-per-view sales. We have never seen two wrestling companies at the very top. Like we see wrestling companies compete with each other, but they were in a smaller lane because they were wrestling companies. We haven't seen like we have never like to this day. WCW is still the second most successful professional wrestling company behind That's... WWE. When when in terms of the the small time period they had. And all that they did, all the commercial success they had, all the financial success, and they, they've hit numbers in television history. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what cool. I was about to say. Like the way they beat, like they beat WWE and Ray. It's not like some AEWs that way you you battling NXT. No, 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 no. They were battling, and they right. WCW beat them for a while. So I'm glad you included them. And to that point, Dwayne, it's like you don't get Eddie Guerrero. You don't get. Some of these like star stars in WWE without WCW, big time. And at the end of the day, you got at one point in time, WCW was the number one wrestling company in the world. There's been no other company past WCW and WWE now that has been the number one wrestling company in the world. You have to be at least number one in order to say you compete at some point because now it's yep. legitimate competition. And I just think the popularity because of both of them financially, commercially, and like you said, all the stars that came from each company and, and what they went on to do even after. WCW folded. I just, you know, I've always felt like that that era to me was the, the, the best. I know it was the, one of the biggest financial eras. You know, of course, everybody has their bias based on what they grew up on. And, I, and I'm no different. I, that's partly why I chose it as well. But I mean, when you look at that that time period and what came from it, I mean, across the board, I mean, it's, to me, it checks all boxes. So I would 100%. always say that Love era. that answer. Okay. What you got, B? What you got, Brother Hugh? Best era in wrestling. I, I'll go. Um, so if I couldn't choose the Attitude Era, believe it or not, I think for me, from a personal standpoint, I like the New Generation Era just oh, because like okay. that set up everything. Right. Yep. And from a child watching. All right. I got my favorite wrestler who you was just told was too old. Obviously, I didn't notice at the time, but he was on WWF. Now I see him go to WCW. Now I'm going to watch WCW. Yep. And I'm seeing him wrestle new people like Ric Flair. I'm seeing him yep. team with Sting. And now on WWF side, I got guys like Bret Hart. I got Diesel. 
and you got like this great wrestling over here. You got this good Scott wrestling. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Hall, Raise Ramon, you know, and to John see Walker. that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. One, set two, three. up everything, you know, like to me, not knowing anything about the business uh, side of wrestling. It was so much fun as a child because yeah. you may tell me, wait, I get two wrestling shows on Monday night. You, you know, know. Mm-hmm. that was a big yeah. deal. So yeah, if you say, okay, you can't say the attitude there. Obviously, we're attitude there kids, right? Yeah. But if you can't say that, I got to go with the new generation there because even as a child, WCW was just there. It was like, okay, that's that other wrestling that comes on Saturday night or Sunday night or Saturday morning worldwide, right? But now, wait, oh, it's on Monday night. So now I got Nitro and I got... um I got raw and I yep. convinced my parents to like order a WCW pay-per-view. So that's why I would say a new generation era. Hey, I like that a lot. Also, Dwayne, just real quick before we come to you, brother Hugh, another reason why the attitude era I, I was just thinking about, because I've been rewatching this because I I'm a big Paul Heyman guy. I love the way he does business. I love the, and I, and I've been researching him. ECW was great, man. Like ECW oh, had some big moments. Like ECW, ECW was the unsung hero of the Attitude Era because that because ECW fueled both WCW and WWE. Yeah, I know they get lost in the shuffle because of how the size of the company and how. But I mean, what Paul Heyman did on, on a shoestring budget, you know what I mean? Along with those veterans like Terry Funk that kind of helped put ECW on the map. A lot of those WCW uh, workforces came from ECW. They spent time there. I'm talking about Terry Status, the Chris Jericho's, the Eddie Guerrero, the Raven Stereo, the Psychosis. Those guys cut their teeth in ECW first. You know what I mean? A yep. lot of times those guys just couldn't be retained because financially Eric Bischoff was willing to pay them more to, to start their show up because they were now on primetime television. And also the, the attitude era wouldn't have been what it was if it wasn't for ECW. That's what I was about that. to say. Yep. Hey, look, hey, look, there's an audience for this type of wrestling. You know, it seems so passe and it was different. But when you look at the financial state coming off the new generation, as Brian said, ECW was a trend to us that we're not gonna go with what status quo was because we can't afford to let's stick to what we do we're going to take our grunge and we're going to turn it into something that's completely alternative and that and that a lot of the a lot of the the ideas that sparked the attitude era came from ecw yeah the beer like the sandman drinking the beer you got raven all that stuff you don't get the, stone cold without ecw the, the, the women the violence i mean they, they all they that raunchiness yep yep they even the promos. Stone Cold Steve Austin used to cut those promos on WCW. WWE was not doing long-term promos. They weren't doing backstage conversations as much before until you saw early vignettes of Steve Austin portraying what it was like to be in WCW. He barely wrestled in ECW, but he came there to vent, and he did those. Eric Bischoff came dressed as Hulk Hogan, and he made and you know, and it was like man, once. Vince McMahon, you, you notice he realized that, hey, these guys can talk and they can carry these storylines with their comments, with these stories, with these long backstage promos. We have segments like The Rock beating up Mankind on a Sunday night before the actual pay-per-view. And, and, and ECW was, was the fuel that kind of lit the flame that both WCW and WWE uh, benefited from. So, I mean, that's, that's an excellent point that you made about ECW. 100%. I just had to bring it up because that's something I thought about when just what you mentioned in the Attitude Era. Brother Keith, what do you think the best era of wrestling is? Well, of course, like like my other two brothers say, Attitude Era, I'm Attitude Era baby. But I would say I'm going to go with Ruthless Aggression. Hey, you read my mind, brother. That's what and I was thinking the, when, I, when, you, when, re- when I asked the question. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, the editor era, it, it ended, and then it maybe it's about a year or two where it's kind of like just weak and just nebulous. You know, yeah, it, you can tell they're trying to figure out what what direction they want to go into. Yeah, so and that's actually where I fell off. 
And then I got back into it when you saw you start seeing uh, this new class of wrestlers come up. Um, your, your Brock Lesnar's, your Batista, Randy you know, Orton, Randy Orton, you see, yeah. Yeah. That, that the, the mixture with yeah. <laughs> them boys, yeah. Hey, Shelton Benjamin too. Yeah, I was about to say we can't, we can't forget come Shelton. On. We can't, we can't. Mm-hmm. Man, don't get started on Shelton. <laughs> but hey, out just to be able, because they they set up everything for the new school, the stuff that we're look, we're looking at now. Especially when you're talking about like from a developmental standpoint, mm-hmm. um, it was more emphasis on your uh, it was the FCWs, your OVWs, and yeah, you're bringing those type of stars up at that time, which then yep. led into oh, here's your tough enough. Mm-hmm. Is your NXT? Let's start building our stars the correct way. Yep. Yeah. And, and then you, you also have to remember too, they were making that transition from that raunchy style. Yeah. From the attitude era to something that's a little bit more clean there for the go. audience. So you had to kind of do that, make that transition, make that evolution. You know, when you're making that type of transition at that point in time. And when you're trying to you get know, to that you, next you're, level of you're business, a new audience. Yeah, yeah. Snickers uh, not letting yeah. you do all that attitude era stuff. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not no, Chris, at all. I'll be the first one to admit that I didn't appreciate the ruthless aggression era uh, while it was in its heyday. You know what I mean? Me like, neither. You, you, you look back Me on neither. it and like, wow, this is great. But yeah. I, I, I remember complaining a lot. You know, I was a young man that just caught up in the, the hoopla of it all. But I mean, that's definitely an era that you look back at it and they go, oh, wow, that was really, really good, man. Like, it, and it's, it also, it also has an effect on how I watch the product today now. I say, let's just stop and appreciate what we're looking at because, you know, for about a good 10 years, we were watching wrestling, you know, complaining about it. But you look back on it, man, we saw some great. Yeah, man. And and to that point, Dwayne, I was watching Rivals and seeing the Cena-Edge rivalry when they threw each other in the wall. I was like, man, that was just a gas era. And that's ruthless aggression. Big time, yep. yeah, and that's that's one of the, that's one of the defining rivals. I mean, of the rivalries of that era, you know yep. what I mean? And uh, yeah, I remember that was we used to call it the forgettable era, but I remember that was one of the like literally like the Edge versus Cena was so intense to the point, that, you know, it was becoming musty TV. And like you look at it now, you go, oh wow, this is, I can appreciate this more now than I ever have. Though. So trust me, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Anybody slap my pops, I'm getting hot too. <laughs> oh man, but he just. He laid it in this. Ah. Yeah, he did. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we did that little diversion because that's awesome. And that's how we get to know everybody in the audience gets to know y'all. So let's let's get into the getting with. We got to get into the right. getting with. I watch Wrestling Realm and I told Brian, I got to <laughs> ask y'all about it. The AEW drama. Now, how do y'all feel about it? Let's talk about it. Let's, let's break it down. How do y'all feel about it first off? Who are y'all blaming? I saw y'all blamed Hangman. Is it is it so much that we blame Hangman, or should it be Tony Khan should have nipped that in the bud right then and there? Is this a leadership problem? Is this a person problem? How are y'all feeling about this AEW drama? Yeah. And uh, I guess we can start with B, and then we can go to you, Dwayne, and finish with Brother Hugh. I mean, right. I've always said that, you know, it's a leadership problem. My biggest thing, and I'm going to just keep it short and sweet, I felt like Tony Khan went into a job with no experience, you know. Uh, most of the time when people were wrestling, you start in the indies, right? And um, shout out to our good brother, Brandon Guy, who said years ago in the Wrestling Realm channel, you can go way back in the independent report, he said the indies is the alpha and omega, right? You start there, you end there. Tony Khan went right to the mainstream, rightfully so. He had the money, but I don't think he had a mentor. You know, mm-hmm. you look at guys and 
Like, if you look at a Shane McMahon, you look at a Stephanie McMahon, they're not pressed over none of the stars. Why? Because their dad made the stars. Yep. You know, if, if there was anybody that they would have been pressed over, would have been Andre the Giant. Not even Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? So, Definitely. yeah, it would have been Andre the Giant. Tony Khan, he's got guys like Sting and Christian Cage. And can you blame him? I always said this. If I had a wrestling company, if I had a gazillion dollars, and I had a wrestling company, and I hired Hulk Hogan, I might listen to a lot we have to say because I'm going to mark out. If yeah. I hire Bret Hart, I'm going to mark out. And that's what I see with Tony Khan. 100%. And, and, and whether or not I agree with y'all with some of the other stuff, I agree with that take a 2,000% because it really feels like he was, oh, I like Kenny Omega. I like the Bucks. I like CM Punk. Let's get all these people I love. And you know what? I'm going to just give CM Punk this. I'm going to give hangman this i'm gonna give this person this and it'll just work itself out and to your point it doesn't seem like he grinded his teeth as a promoter it just seemed like my dad owned the jaguars we got a lot of money i could do this and and i think his comments in the scrum where he was like i'm not gonna get a jim crockett promotion i got a lot of money it's not going down like that i think that verifies what you said 100 mm -hmm. Dwayne, how you feeling about it brother yeah, I mean, I, I I don't disagree too far from what Brian H. just said. I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about it from the very beginning. We asked a lot of questions when AEW was first being established. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I noticed from the beginning was he had nobody working with him personally that had any veteran experience working in the business, right? Yeah. Uh, one, thing, one thing that I noticed with every other company, even when TNA first got started, they had a lot of veterans working behind the scenes. I'm talking about experience. They had, uh, they had Dusty Rhodes. They had Larry Zabisco. They had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They had Harley Race at one point. They had experienced people. They had Jerry Jarrett and uh, yeah. Jeff Jarrett. They had Terry Taylor. I'm See, I'm naming all people that if you don't know that these people have worked in multiple wrestling companies over decades, you know what I mean? That's your foundation because at some point you got to have some previous experience. I didn't see any of that when AEW was first being established. Even Vince McMahon brought Jim Cornette in. Like the, the, the God Vince McMahon brought people in. I mean, think about it. He brought Jerry Jarrett at one point. Like, Jerry Jarrett was yep. running uh, Memphis Territory for a long time. You know, when he had the steroid scandal, he was working actively as the president just in case, you know, Vince had to do jail time because of the steroid allegations that was against him. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, he brought in experienced people. He brought in people that were older than him. He brought in the Pat Pattisons, the Jerry Briscoes, the Jim Ross, people that had experience in the business. I didn't see that with Tony Khan. So, naturally, you're going to see, like, okay, so who's going to run the show? And then you hear about Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rose being executive vice presidents. I'm like, okay, so now you have the inmates running the asylum. And it's 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 difficult when you have one talent that has to be management and your on air talent. Like we saw with um with uh with uh with uh with Vern Gagne and AWA. You know what I mean? He's the owner, but yet he was the champion quite often, right? Yeah. And then you saw with Desi Rose as the booker of the NWA at some point in time and even like early parts of WCW. And he was on the show. He's one of the biggest stars, right? And some people could say that was the downfall of Jim Crockett promotions. It was when they when they I mean, started to let the bookers win everything. I mean, at one point, Kevin Nash was booking the show for WCW because he was they were trying to find something for him to do. And he was like, Okay, mm -hmm. let's you go. So now you have four, almost five guys that are in management positions, and yet this this is also the top talent which you're building your entire company around. The overall structure with AEW, but like it is it's the result of inexperience. You know, sometimes having money is not always the answer to your problems. 
And I just think at the end of the day, the overall structure that was set up, like I said, there's there's no decorum backstage, right? There's no tradition being set. There's no levels of respect that's usually established in any any locker room, even in independence. You can't go to the locker room thinking you're going to do it. You have to shake everybody's hand. Whoever the locker room leader is, you have to give them respect. You, you just can't come in and say, I'm the guy now. No. There's yep. a certain decorum that's usually established with your backstage culture because of the history and the veterans that you usually have surrounded your company. I didn't see a lot of that when AEW got started. So I'm not really surprised. And, you know, when you got a guy like Hangman, and to, to me, there's no way that we're Undertaker will let any of these things go down. There's no it's no way in the world Roman today will let any of these things go. There's no way in the world Andre the Giant would have let – no, first, nobody was checking Andre. Everybody was getting Andre back in the golden years and the golden yeah. era professionals, right? I don't see that in AEW. So, naturally, when you have that, you're going to have problems with your infrastructure. If you don't set a, a solid foundation, eventually you're going to sink. So, I mean, that's just it in a nutshell. Like, I'm not surprised these things are happening. Then you start bringing in personalities and egos, stuff that naturally comes with the business. Because when yep. you're drawing money, you got to do what you have to do. But at the same time, though, anytime you bring in a new talent, it's going to rub your establishment talent the wrong way. It happened in TNA. All the originals are going to say, we bust our hump to get here. But at the end of the day, it's a business. I had to bring in these names to make money. But now those egos, you have to deal with those egos now. Because those egos may bring in money, but they bring in their personalities. They're bringing in their personal bags, and it's clashing with what was supposed to be your foundation. So now you have a clashing of cultures. My money versus my uh, my foundation. My heart, and Tony, yeah. And, and Tony Khan seems to be stuck in the middle of it, and he's having a hard time mm-hmm. trying to decipher, what do I have to do? Should I be loyal to the ones that I started this with, or should, do, should I be loyal to the, to the, to the, the name dollars. that's from the house? Because it's still a business. So. Yep. And, and to mm-hmm. your point, I think everything you hit on the head was accurate, two hundred percent. And in the way, in the way, I can back it up with stuff that mm-hmm. we know. I think losing Cody Rhodes was the Dude, biggest bro. downfall to them. And to his promo, and I got to give your man Cass props for this, Brian, because Cass mm-hmm. pointed out on y'all show the Cody Rhodes promo that he did during the Sammy Guevara, uh, yep. the ladder match. Yep, yeah, the ladder match. Yes, sir. Yep. Before he left, when he said about CM Punk, he was like, all this stuff is going to clash. All this, all this guy talks about doing, I did, and you're losing this. It's going to be an issue. And then in the interview after, he was like, you bring in all these personalities, and it's going to be the homegrown versus the WWE guys. It's going to be a big battle royale. It's going to be clashing. And I think without Cody Rhodes being there, there's no locker room leadership to your point. Yeah, and, and and it doesn't surprise me. Like we're talking wrestling, like professional wrestling industry is a is a is you're swimming with the sharks. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I remember talking to brother Hugh. I remember talking to brother Hugh and Brian. I said, so what when those WWE sharks go over and say, Oh, look at this fresh water. He's paying a lot of money. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that means we can work him. I said, What's when the boys stop working the guy? When when you have your boss, he's so excited about who you are. Like Vince McMahon could be excited on the sun the country. He's not showing get, it. <laughs> once, once you get in that building, he lets you know from the beginning, I'm in charge. Yep. Right. But then your boss is fawning over you and telling you how you're so great. Oh, they're hugging and kissing you. You you think the other boy's gonna go, oh, wait a minute. Look how he's treating him over there. Like, wait a minute, we can get a couple panties out of it. I don't know what's going on last time. He's gonna get us over there. Yep, one hundred leave on good terms. And then be like, look, let me go make this money real quick. (laughs) Go work him. Yep, exactly. Brother Hugh, how you feeling about the whole AEW situation? Man, we talked about it on the show. It's pretty much the same thing that my brother said. You know, the structure. That's what that's what it's all about. There's no structure whatsoever. Um, 
<laughs> Tony Khan, he has to switch his mindset up when it comes to yeah. running running this business. He's a businessman, right? Well, you yeah. need to go in there with the mindset of, look, I'm running a business. I'm yeah. not a fan anymore. I'm not going to mark out, mark out because CM Punk is is a free agent. He's interested to come in in be in my uh, brand. No, mm-hmm. you have to run it as a business. And at the end of the day, he fails to do that. And he he he's just so focused on oh what somebody else is doing. Focus mm-hmm. on what you're doing. Yep, like I agree with earlier, that as well. What Dwayne said earlier about uh, ECW, they found a niche. Mm-hmm. They stayed in their lane and they kept pushing. Yep, that's what got them on. You have something here. You you just got ROH. I love ROH by the way. Well, old school ROH. That's something different for us. You know, that's a different. Story. That's a different conversation. But yeah. indie wrestling, right, bro? Like indie wrestling is everything, and you yep. have that indie feel. Plus, you have these like. In the all stars, yeah, elite yep. stars, yeah. Like yep. you, you have to be able to to bring both of them together and make something happen with the product and all of that money that you have. Yeah, one hundred percent. You just missed out because you didn't do your research. As a businessman, if you're going to invest into something, the first thing you got to do is do your research. Yeah, even Big if it's, even if you had, like we said, you got Jericho there, pick his brain. Yep, that yep. and see. I'm glad you said that, brother Hugh, because when when Dwayne was talking, I was thinking the whole time. I was like, "Isn't Chris Jericho there? Like, why is he the guy that's like handling business back there?" Yep. It, why is he not know, the locker room? I, I feel, I feel like those guys, like him, Mark Henry, Big Show, all these guys that these legends hey. that are coming over. It's just like, hey, below, hey, I'm here to get a paycheck now, and I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm, right. You know what I mean? Like, like Brian said, like, I'm just here to hit him up, and I'm I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Wait for Triple H to give me that call back. <laughs> what you say, Dwayne? Like Kevin Nash said, he said, is it paying? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. How many zeros? Is it paying? No prop. No prop. Look, Jericho going to get that one last moment. He going to have his song, Judas, play at WrestleMania. And I know it breaking is. the walls down, but just to hear Judas, because that's his own oh composure. Gosh. Man. That's going to be and a hear 60,000 people singing it. You know he's going back for one crazy. more show. He got to go. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> so let me ask y'all. So I'm going to start with Brother Hugh this time first. And then we'll go around. We'll go Dwayne and then finish with Brian. If y'all are Tony Khan, what are you doing with CM Punk? What are you doing with the Who is a tough one. <laughs> well, CM Punk is pretty much done right now because of the injuries. Right. Unfortunately. So it's like you kind of he kind of has it soft right now because like he don't really have to worry about that because he's not in the picture no matter what. Now, as far as the elite, you have to sit down with them brothers and, and get some things straight. Because now I don't know if you heard the rumors, but uh, yeah. uh they they feeling some numbers out. Yes, you know? they are. And uh talking to and pa- w- talking to Paul Papa H <laughs> Papa H is over there, like, come here. Talk to me. Hey, I'm gonna be real. Kenny Omega at wrestling at WrestleMania is a, is a is a monster. <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's everybody's that's every wrestler's dream. Yeah. To be at WrestleMania. If not mm-hmm. headlining it, to be at WrestleMania. So why would if if Triple H is gonna throw the money at you, 
Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I show up? Why wouldn't I get that pop? Everybody's been asking for that for, for forever. Get that pop. You old, you beat up. Get that pop. Let's go. Yep. Get that money. They're going to take care of you. They're yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. That's a fact. Dwayne, what you doing with CM Punk in the Elite? Oh, man. Uh, what, what I'm doing is, uh, the, the good thing about wrestling is, six to eight months is an eternity in wrestling years. I, and, and, you know, I, I know it's a few months, but that's a long time in wrestling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What I'm doing is, because the, the reality is, if I'm a businessman, I kind of need CM Punk, right? But I need to spend the next six to eight months trying to rebuild the Elite to look like the, the infrastructure of the company, right? I need to put the young, the, the young bucks back in place because these are my top guys. I need to put Kenny Omega back in place. I'm going to tell CM Punk, I need you to get in the best shape of your life for the next six to eight months because when you come back, hopefully cooler heads would have had prevailed. I'm putting the strap back on Omega so he can have a run, and by the time CM Punk comes back, let him drop another one of his famous pipe bombs, and you kind of take what happened, and you kind of take a shoot and turn it into a work. Yep. You know, like like everything else, kind of like CM Punk's first pipe bomb. When I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, he's not supposed to say those things. He's mentioning Renew Japan and Ring of Honor television. I didn't find out to almost 15, 16 years, however long it's been. I was like, they was like, oh, no, they, we, we told him to go out there and do that. You would have never known because he yeah. was so angry. You know what I mean? I think CM Punk has that type of delivery. That's the one thing he's good at. You know what I mean? Like, I know people don't like CM Punk for a lot of reasons, but I, like, I'll give credit where credit is due. He can That's promote his butt off. Yeah. Listen, he's just very he is very convincing. I said, look, man, I don't know what he's talking about, but he's got me interested. The problem is, like we always say, the bell has to ring. So, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would, I would have him get himself together. I would have him cryptic tweet, make little comments. I would have him watch. I said, get in the best shape of your life, and then six or eight months. I would do Punk versus Omega, and, and I wouldn't even change. I wouldn't even change up what I do differently in AEW. You can have your blood match and let them kill each other, <laughs> like, I, like you know what I mean? Because at this point, I can't, I can't. I'm forced to already hit the reset button as it is, right? Because yep. out, my, my my money makers out six to eight months, so I got I got to rebuild my guys. Hopefully, in the six to eight months, I'm gonna do whatever I can to make these guys happy, right? Keep them in in a space where they're they're at a place. And then when Steam Punk makes his return, I, I would have that's a matchup we haven't seen yet, right? Kenny Omega versus Steam Punk. I would take these real life situations, take both parties, and I said, look, man, I understand. If if Hogan and Savage can do it and make money, you guys, you guys can, do, can it. do it too. Yep. Like, 100%. You know, guys have notoriously not liked each other and have had some of the best. Sean and Brett, goodness that's gracious. What, that's what I was thinking of when you said it. Like, if they because, could get along, or not, well, if they, not even get along, if they could work and do their and job. And that's what you have to do. Like, you have to say, look, we, we don't... Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels said, man, I, I can only imagine what our matches would look like if we trusted each other. I said, it could have got better than what I saw. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, to me, I think if I'm Tony Khan, that's the angle. See, the good thing is, because CM Punk is away, you got a chance to kind of let, like, listen, well, let's, let's try to get on the same page. I would start rebuilding. I would start putting new faces in the main events. I would start pushing the warlords to the top. Even if he's still TNT champion, I would tease him in that conversation. I would take former guys like, I'm telling you, I still don't understand why Pentagon Jr. is not in that type. He's a former Impact World Champion. Like, you could, he doesn't have to win it as long as you make him a contender. Yeah. He's a top guy in your company, and then he can have these matches at the top of your card. They've never put on bad matches. And I Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Start pushing those guys. Like, 
it's it's okay to push those guys in those main event matches. They don't have to win, but the association of oh wow, he looks like a top guy. Think about it. It's the old territory format of doing things. Rick Flair said he used to go to every individual territory. Whoever the top guy was there, his job was to make that person almost look like he had a chance in beating Ric Flair. So by the time Ric Flair wins and gets out of there, he was a made man because he almost beat Ric Flair. Right. Yeah. It, so he drew money for that territory after the, the champion, the title went to the next territory. He was the man there. And that's what helped that company draw money because like, oh, this guy took Flair to me. He always beat Flair. He's that guy. So he gets new fans. That's what you have to do with your current product and these new stars. You have a ton of talent in your company. Now it's like I would. It's to me. I would say let's think outside the box. We hit the reset button. Let's start trying to. Let's not stick to these same storylines. Let's blow things up a little bit. Switch things up because right now you have like you might as well because something has already happened. Your company has already been exposed. Let's give the. Let's try to distract the fans with something new and exciting just to get them buzzing. Like put Hook in a random world title match. Like guess what? Number one contender. Let uh who's who's the world who's the champion right now? Say Dan Bryan wins. Dan Bryan goes. Hey, I'm a champion, and I'm gonna do things. Open invitation, yeah. And then, and what if Hook comes down there? We know Hook's not gonna win, but the fans are gonna go nuts. Yeah. Because first, you're gonna say, wait a minute. First of all, Hook's a young guy, right? He he can learn so much for that for, for ten minutes in the ring with Daniel Bryan by himself. The fans are gonna be flipping out because Hook is Daniel undefeated. And if he takes a loss to Daniel Bryan, there's no shame in that because it's Daniel Bryan and he's the AEW World Champion. Yeah. I would take I would take that approach. And trying to just try to distract the fans while I try to work things out amongst all my top ten. Hey, I look, if if you're not firing CM Punk, that's not a bad idea. I like that idea a lot, Dwayne. B, what you doing? I mean, I mean, you know, I would say fire him. I mean, at this point, <laughs> you cut your losses. But <laughs> that's look, not bad. He might have to go. I'm right. sorry. I just so don't long. see a good match out of him. Like you said, the bell got him ring. He, he's already toxic, and you. I'm a Brian Danielson fan. I understand right now he don't want to be like a top money guy. I'm gonna go to him and say, "Look, man, how much I gotta pay you to be the to dude. be the guy you was in 2014?" And then I'm going. And, That's- and, the, and <laughs> the thing about that is they respect Brian. Like the the way Brian went in is how CM Punk should have went in. Not yeah. saying, "Oh, this is how you do things. This is how you do." Mm-hmm. I'm missing. Like Brian is arguably the one of the best wrestlers of all time. Technically, he is the best wrestler, like, technical-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, that yeah. dude could have went in saying, oh, I know this, I know that, I, y'all do this. But he didn't do that. And you see people like Daniel Garcia, Will, uh, mm-hmm. Wheeler Yuta. You see all the young guys saying, mm-hmm. nah, we respect that guy. Yeah. That I'm not mad at that, Brian. Not mad at that at all. So you putting the strap on, on DB? Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, what does that do to MJ? See, I feel like the man that's that's in the muck through all of this is MJF. Now, see, yeah. MJF, he's somebody who can just sit back and lurk and outsmart everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as he got that chip or whatever, you know, it's he's a threat. He's kind of like he can be a different version of Austin Theory, even though it's like we we know Austin Theory ain't cashing in on Roman Reigns, but MJF can kind of do that, kind of like Edge was in two thousand five. Edge had that money in the bank briefcase and he kept teasing you. Then he didn't tease you for a while. So by the time New Year's Revolution came around and John yep. Cena had that hellacious match, all of a sudden Vince McMahon said, uh-uh, uh-uh, the night ain't over. Edge just had a match earlier that night. I think it was with, um, was it with Mick Foley or Ric Flair or somebody? It was something crazy. You wasn't expecting no cash in that night. And then all of a sudden right. cash is in, has one of the biggest moments of his life. So that's the thing with MJF. You can just keep him teasing. 
One hundred percent. I like. He'll always be next factor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like. I like all three of y'all suggestions. And 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 I guess the final, since I got Brian putting it on Daniel Brian, I'm gonna ask uh, Dwayne and Brother Q. Right mm-hmm. now, who you putting the belt on? The belt got to be on somebody. Who you putting it on? I'll start with you, Dwayne. Daniel Bryan. That's an easy one. Dan DB. Okay, brother yeah, Hugh, yeah. who who you putting it on? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Daniel Bryan is the safest thing right now. Okay, honestly, okay. somebody in Lafayette yelling right now as they driving. It's Brian Danielson. It's Brian Danielson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always he always be Daniel Bryan to me. I'm I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm, look, look I, that's I, that's how I met the dude. He's Daniel Bryan. Like that's crazy. exactly that's how I met him. I'm gonna be Daniel. honest. You know what's worse than, than Brian Danielson? Because I could maybe sometimes call him that. I'm not calling Cesaro Claudio. That's just not no, happening. I might, I, might, I might call him Claudio Cesaro. Like, do like, Cesaro to me. Like, I'm not Claudio Castagnoli. No, man, you're Claudio Cesaro. That's, that's what I'm giving you. You're not getting no Claudio Cal. I'm with you. You're not getting nope. that. Claudio Cesaro. <laughs> cool. So we got, we got our AEW stuff covered. What's y'all's thoughts? And I'll start with Brian this time. Mm-hmm. What's y'all thoughts on Roman's reign? No pun mm-hmm. intended. And, and, and how are we getting good. the belt off of him? Is it Cody Rhodes? Is it uh, Seth Rollins? Where are we going with this? And, and to the point about what Dwayne said about how six to eight months is a lifetime in wrestling. Yeah. Is, is Cody Rhodes losing that? What got that flair, that pop? I, I think with Cody Rhodes, honestly, I think the injury may have been the best thing for him. I hate to say that mm. just because um, with the I was thinking, how he, yeah, how he made it look. yeah, that too. But I was also wondering, I was, I was thinking, all right, if this is the guy that's supposed to win the title later and they're not going to do it so soon, how are they going to keep up that momentum before the fans eventually start turning on him? So, yeah. but my thing with Roman, man, I don't want to see him ever lose the championship. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> felt this way. With uh, since I remember me and Dwayne would talk about this in 2015 when Seth Rollins had his run, and yeah. up until he got hurt, Seth Rollins was such a great first time champion that I oh, was yeah. not ready for him to lose that title. Uh, yeah. and you know, and to me, now he just got back to where like he's must see TV, like he did some cool stuff, don't get me wrong, but like right now, Seth Rollins is must see TV. But Roman Reigns, I mean, he's just everything he touched has been gold. I don't want to see him lose the title no time soon. If I had to take it off of, it's got to be either Seth or Cody because those are the two people that he hasn't pinned. Uh, and they, those are two people you can build up, build up, build up. I love what they did with him and Seth. It's a reason why Seth didn't beat him. I mean, he didn't beat Seth clean. Yeah. So there's always that story there. But then again, if you go there and Roman finally beats him, that's something else Roman hasn't done. So, but yeah, right now I'm not taking the title off of him. No, I'm, I'm okay. with you hundred percent. You cannot take the title off of Roman Reigns. I, when everybody was in talking about Cardiff, giving it to, give it to Drew. I was just in the back. Like, no. we, <laughs> we not, we not killing him bison like that. No, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know something about bison. <laughs> we not getting, we not getting him Emperor Palpatine out like that. No, sir. Like, no. Come on, it took it took Kid Fistu, Mace Windu, and another one to even <laughs> injure the Emperor, let alone one person. And Drew is, I'm sorry, you're not that guy, pal. I love Drew, but you ain't the yeah. one to take it off Roman. Dwayne, nah, how you feel about no. this? No, I mean, I think excellent points by both of you. Uh, I, I think you, I, I'm going Cody Rhodes. Let me start with that. And I, and I say this because for Cody Rhodes, the ultimate redemption story. I think the biggest problem for me is, you hate to lose 
Roman Reigns having both those titles because his reign of dominance has just been like once in a lifetime. This is generational. Like he's going to be this generation's like guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we just, every generation has a guy and there's always world champions. You know, to 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 uh, to Hogan, you always had Sting and Macho. You know what I mean? In WCW, and then you know to Andre, you had Hogan and you had John Studd and, and Junkyard, and uh, you know, so it's there's there's room for always other world champions, but there's always that guy per generation. You know what I mean? You know, you, you have Andre, you got a, uh, you have um, uh, what's you have Bruno San Martino, you have Andre, you have Flair, you have Hogan, you have you know Brett Shawn, uh, you have Rocky, you have Austin, you know, you Cena. have Cena, you got Roman now. You know what I mean? And it's like it's tough to let that go because I'm like, man, his reign of dominance is tough to give up. What what I want to see is somehow they split those titles because I don't want to see anybody else have both those titles, you know. Um, you know what I mean? Like just because you, you can make two guys like mm-hmm. Roman is a tough, any, anybody that even comes close to beat like Drew McIntyre is still a million bucks because he had he was in Drew's head because it was an old. This is the beauty of pro wrestling. It was such an old school Ric Flair way of doing things because guess what? Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre had Roman Reigns beat, and that was enough for the fans to go. You know what? Drew's supposed to be champion, so I look at him like champion because the real the real reason why he lost was because he cheated. It wasn't because he got beat by Roman Reigns. And that's what puts a person in the perception as a top guy going forward. You're made man at that point. You'll need the title. You, you'll always be in contention. If they need a match, they can always come back to you. You can always say, guess what? I want to have an issue, but like right now, Drew's got other business to handle, right? But now, whoever Drew works with is going to be a made man too because yep. he's working with a guy that pretty much almost beat Roman, right? So it's like, you have, a, you have a unique opportunity to do that for two different players. So if Roman doesn't have the title, you know, most likely I see him taking like a little bit of time off. You know what I mean? He already works sort of a part-time schedule. Uh, I see like Seth in the space with the Universal Championship because he's going to carry your show. And anybody chasing Seth is going to provide new matchups, new new ways for Seth to kind of irritate people, in a, whether you want to switch things up in a draft. And then you have a Cody Rose, a chance to really establish Cody as the top guy. Him winning the mm-hmm. WWE Championship is the ending of that story that you guys have been kind of archetyping for a long time. A story that started with his father and his upbringing to, to the journey that Cody Rhodes took to WWE and away from WWE and back to WWE and then into injury. There's only one left one thing left to do for his triumphant return, right? And I think that's, that's something that he needs. Anybody that beats Roman in this era is going to be like automatic top guy. So it's, it's like... That's a situation. I don't know. I don't know how you do that though. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. like well, for Roman to be so dominant, like you said, for Roman's reign, how do you find a way to make him lose both those titles? Because that's got to be the ultimate defeat. You don't just lose one, you lose both. You know what I mean? Or, or how do you say, okay, how do you finagle a way to say when well, you gotta drop one title and find a way for him to keep the other and still kind of run things the way you run things? Because Roman is too hot right now. So like you said, to the point of Cody Rose potentially losing momentum. Don't get me wrong. They can easily revitalize that, but at the same time, you don't want to lose the money making of a Roman. Mm, yeah, you don't want him missing from your TV or missing from your storyline. So, like, you don't have to see him every week because you know he has those titles. So it's like you don't have to say, "Well, where's Roman at?" Nah, he has those titles. He's going to show up in in another week or the week, or he doesn't have to wrestle on your show. Think about it. Nobody says Roman Reigns is a champion. He doesn't wrestle because his he has enough of an impact of a champion where he just. He will show up at the end of the night, and, and Drew McIntyre will have a match. Roman might show up at the end of the night just to jump Drew, fear him, raise his, and guess what? The fans are satisfied. That's we are. You, that's when you know you are a top guy. That that's your that's that's Hulk Hogan like. 
that's when you have when you have to do very little and the fans still go home satisfied. So that's what I came to see, and I'm okay with it. Dude, real like, quick, it, did you? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You were talking about money, and did you see on um Dan Orlowski mm-hmm. had um. The acknowledged uh, shirt yeah, on, acknowledged yeah. daddy, yeah, yeah. yeah. money, yeah. you know. And now, how many more shirts you think getting... WWE sold just because that was on what first take or yeah, first take? No, and right. He, and, and, and he's even he made guy. a comment about it too. So even more, yeah. so, mm-hmm. yep. He's a bad guy, right? <laughs> you, you the guys don't want to turn here because their their merchandise sales go. He's a going through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's difficult, you know what I mean? So I, you know, it's it's a. I think Cody Rhodes is the man to, to at least beat Roman. I, I don't want to say dethrone Roman because I don't think even in a loss of titles, I don't think you should dethrone Roman because you, you know what mm. I mean? Like the titles don't define that man. That man can still be the head of the table yep. without those belts because the chase is going to be relentless. Like, can you imagine a, a, a Roman Reigns helping on get titles getting back? Getting them back. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Sending his hitters out. <laughs> exactly. With his shooters, hitters. It's going to be destruction everywhere. They're going to go through everybody. So it's like, man, if if you could add a new wrinkle into that story, because it's been amazing since the beginning of when he started with Jay Uso. Like, that to me, that was the genesis of, like, the way it started was so dramatic and so impactful. And it's like, it pulled us, so many of us that had doubted Roman. Jay should have got an Emmy for that. (laughs) Jay was Mm -hmm. killing that. (laughs) He did, right. Baddest wrestling performance I've ever seen. Like, that was one of the most excellent... I, I didn't think he had that in me neither. But to see him do that and to like look at the evolution and the progression of it now with the, with Baby Hoose, as we call him, with Solo Sikoa, he came in day one and owned SmackDown. His promos, what he said in the ring, what he said backstage. I said, he looks like he's been here before. I said, this kid is ready. And I'm like, man, that adds another wrinkle. Cause, and then you have Sammy Zayn in the mix. It's like, white ooze. I love it. You, know, like, you, don't, you don't want to lose this off your TV, man. But it's, it, it, it's a tough call to make because, like Brian, they say, you don't want to lose Roman. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you got to make other players because you got to make new opponents and you got to make new marquee matches that people want to pay big money. To 100%. Brother Hugh, how are you taking the belt off of Roman? Man, y'all don't leave me with any options whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> nah, but I love it though. You know, I mean, y'all brothers know what y'all talking about. I mean, I'm just gonna say some wild stuff. Like maybe you can do like do ultimate heel move. Ultimate heel move. Just like just the same way he walked off in Carter. Acknowledge me. And just walked off. Man, I'm tired, man. Ain't nobody. Get a belt. Oh, that's hard. I can't lie. That's I'm, I'm going home. I'm going home chill with my wife. Right, yeah. Call me when you get some competition. And then you got you know? some people, you build some people up, and then he yeah. comes back and it's like, yeah. There's also the opportunity. Every, everybody keeps talking about the rock. Everybody keeps talking about the rock. Well, then the rock can be like, look, well, I'm gonna call you out on it. You supposed yep. to be head of the table, this and that, whatever, whatever. Why'd you give up your throne like that? Yep. And you know, then you can start something that way. And you start a family civil war. Right. Yeah. And like at, at the same time, at the same time, you're still building other matchups. You're building other superstars. And you have the titles Del- away, Del- but it's still Del- on both shows. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like so- that. I like that. That's a give you because they, they took everything really, else. Really hey, no, that's a that's a no. good suggestion, brother. <laughs> That's actually very smart because that's something I didn't think of. Think about it. If Roman does say Roman somehow loses or drops those titles, if The Rock is involved, he's not going to be worried about those titles after a while. 
Because everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, Rock versus Rome. They're not going to be like, well, you know, it's a terrible thing. I'm like, nah, brother, we got a civil war in the family. And now we got to figure out what's going on. Because I can only imagine how Roman is going to feel if The Rock decides to call him out and say, yeah, guess what? You lost those titles. That's something I've never done. Now you got a Samoan civil war. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of and I don't think people are going to be like, well, you don't got the dust. They are, bro, I don't care, man. We about to get Romer's rock, and the build-up's going to be three, four months. That's 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 a moment. Good, good suggestion, brother Hugh. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear the full version of this conversation, be sure and tune into the Bros Who Think podcast. That will be out on Friday. You can follow me at LimbyWT for the link. Uh, real quick, just so we're going to finish this conversation for the podcast, but real quick, for the Lafayette audience, I'm going to go around. Y'all tell them where they can follow y'all at on social media and where they can get y'all podcasts. I'll start off with you, uh, B. Tell them where they can follow you at and all, all that good stuff. Follow me at Brian H. Waters. Just follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm right there. Um, make sure you follow Wrestling Realm at Wrestling Realm. And I mean, you follow me, you're going to see all my links. 100%. Dwayne, tell the people where they can follow you at on social media. Yes, sir. You can follow me at Dwayne Allen 24 on Twitter. You can find me at TRDA Brand on Instagram. That's 100%. pretty much where all, all, all my shenanigans go down. 100%. Brother Hugh, nah, tell them where they, can find, nah. where they can catch you at on social media. Well, I'm a professional photographer, so um, my professional photographer or business or brand is uh, Hazmat 3 Photos. That's H-A-S-M-A-T, the number three photos, and that's on all social media platforms. But, of course, I'm at Wrestling Realm, and you can also catch my shenanigans in Gumpertree at H-A-S-T-H-E to the 3-R-D. H-A-S. C-A-T to the 3 rd <laughs> When y'all said, brother, he was the flies, man. He <laughs> that, that dude cold, yeah. man. Gotta yeah. give it to him. So look, ESPN Lafayette audience, this has been a great conversation. It's not done. We will finish it up. Tune into the Bros Who Think podcast on Friday for the full conversation. Now, let's get back into it because, you know, radio, we can't we can't stretch our legs. But now it's podcast time. <laughs> we, can, we can stretch our legs a little bit. I can turn off my timer and we good to go. So let me ask y'all. Yo, you brought Don't him all these brothers that they'll have you burn the midnight oil. We just go. We just go run through the list. That's all I got. But uh, <laughs> I order. How y'all feel about white ooze, man? Sammy Zayn, that dude. <laughs> Bro, when he, when, he when, 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 uh, what's his name? Uh, Rikishi tweeted the other day, and Sammy Zayn was like, I mean, you got a fourth. <laughs> and that picture going around with the Usos and Roman. Yeah. And then, and but that's Pat not solo. I don't think that's solo. <laughs> it's solo. not. It's not. <laughs> that's the funny part. Because that Uso is like, the third brother. Age. Yeah. <laughs> Solo's eight years younger. That looked like he, you know, I'm not sure because you know, Rikishi got a lot of stuff. It's a lot of the honor wise. That's one thing. Me and Dwayne Man. had the pleasure of going to a WXWC4 in 2011 for a Yokozuna Memorial show. And we got a good chance, uh, opportunity to spend time with the family, spend time with Rikishi, um, Sam Mu. But also Alpha Junior, who was Manu in WWE, and Lance on Hawaii. And Lance used to run the indie circuit, so he would come down to Maryland Championship Wrestling all the time. Uh, shout out to that time I beat him in 2K on uh, Xbox Live. <laughs> That's hard. Um, and then with, uh, Alpha Junior, you know, our Ravens uh, beat his, his 49ers in New Orleans, by the way, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But, you know, so we've had, like, you know, moments, uh, yeah. history with the family. 
it's a lot of them. I mean, like Yokozuna's kids, you had a couple of them dancing. Dwayne, remember, uh, one of them was like winning like the dance contest and stuff. So it's a lot of them. So, you know, and they've always had somebody in the WWE since Afa and um, Afa and Sika. Yeah, you know, when we, it was the history. Crazy. Yeah, you know, so it's a lot of them. Talk <laughs> about wrestling royalty. Like, you, we, number one it, family. Yeah, gotta be. Gotta be. So, so yeah, I, y'all, y'all like, I, I love the Sami Zayn approach. I really do. It's perfect. Like, Sami Zayn is so talented. He gets it, right? Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. First of all, we saw Sami Zayn for 20-something years performing the ring, right? We didn't know that Sami Zayn had the level of personality and entertainment. Like, once again, when last time we saw a Sami Zayn match? But yet he is the talk in the conversation every week is because mm-hmm. he knows how to make himself relevant in storylines. The way he delivers, the way he kind of puts himself like a week or two ago, he made Roman Reigns and, and Jey Uso laugh during a segment because he's up there like, I just got there and I did his little dance. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> when, you, when you can break the ball hey. on camera, I said, dude, that's what you know. Sami Zayn is one of those wrinkles to the piece where it's like back in the day, you probably wouldn't have saw his 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 involvement as much. But the fact that he is intertwined completely in this main event storyline, it shows me how one, he could deliver on a main event level and he found his place in the main event. You know what I mean? He's not competing mm-hmm. for the world title. He's not trying to dethrone because when you look at Sami Zayn's archetype and the type of wrestling that he is, He's not the guy that would ever project to be involved in that type of situation in the first place. Not on the main platform as a WWE, but look how he has found his space in this main event storyline consistently. And he's delivering. He adds a piece of the story that if Roman's not there, you know Sami Zayn's going to get angles with the Usos. And it's like, you find a way to keep those guys relevant without being overshadowed. But Sami Zayn is amazing. You know, he, he was always already one of my favorites, you know, uh, since he kind of showed up in there. Like, I knew him as El Generico in the Ring of Honor, but I wasn't a big El sure. Generico fan. Like, you know, you like what he did in the ring, but it, was, it wasn't it was much to him. But Sami Zayn, I was like, oh, not really, really good. And it's to see how much he has evolved and see how involved he is in this man i can't i can't give him enough kudos enough praise for what he does and you know what he's contributed to the story i gotta ask because we talked about how to dethrone roman and i have a pitch maybe not for roman but maybe the usos mm-hmm. look kevin owens been killing and yeah. I, mm-hmm. I i think if you, if you don't let kevin owens dethrone roman maybe you partner him up with Sami Zayn and like hey come back friend that's how you dethrone the usos it's- it's gotta it's coming That's though. It has to. Yeah. And then can you imagine the Usos chasing those guys? You that got, would be got, hard. Like, you, got, you got four talkers. You got the Usos that already that, that spit. And then you got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Man, you you wanted to see a match. It'll be them arguing for like a month and a half. In like, the way I, Kevin I, Owens <laughs> talked to uh Theory last night on Raw. Oh man. Oh my gosh. That was filthy. He is <laughs> killing it right now. They let Kevin Owens be Kevin Owens. I said, yep. okay, well, welcome yep. back. <laughs> Brother Hugh, how you feel about that? How you feel about Kevin Owens and, and, and his his reemergence as the prize fighter? Oh my god, what I'm loving it. Like I like I said earlier, we went back to the Dewburns days in Baltimore, ROH days when Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen. And that's what we're that's what we're seeing. That vigilante, that that Stone Cold Steve Austin type of I'm character. I'm so happy you, you said know, that because so, last night when I watched when his rock music came on, I was like, I don't want to say it, but this feels very stone coldly right now. Hey, that's what it is. That's what it is. And he comes out, and you know that man is going to deliver on the mic. 
He doesn't Every have time. to wrestle at all. He came out there in his pants. And the way he slapped Fury, I was like, Ugh. I was like, what? Oh. And I then, felt that one. I ain't even going to lie. And then his nose, when Fury's nose was bleeding, <laughs> Kevin was like, oh, that's just a little broken nose. Yo, bro, the anger you saw out of Fury, I was like, Kevin Owens brought you down. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's what somebody like Fury needs, though. He Big needs time. people like that that's going to help help elevate him. And he's been hey. working with him. The, Zig, the Zigglers and and uh, uh, Owens and, and who was the other one? It was somebody Johnny Gargano. Yeah, Gargano. Yeah, yeah, Gargano. Yeah, they really haven't gotten into that yet, but he can yeah. be for with everybody right now at this point. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that, man, Kevin Owens is he can't do no wrong right now. He just slimmed down. Yeah, he yeah. Did. you know, he killing. He looking. He, he looking good. He killing it, man. You hey, you can't body shame him no more, right? I'm talking about like wearing these t-shirts. Nah, I can slim down for you real quick, and then I'm uh, I'm gonna give you this work. I'm the prize fighter. Let me put my hoop and shorts back on and give you the stunner. Take KO. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, B, let me ask mm-hmm. you, Dexter Loomis and Miz. What, bro? Is that man about to kidnap Miz kids? Like, what, bro. <laughs> Yo, so. I'm sitting there watching, and we talked about this on the Wrestle Around Now podcast, which you catch every Wednesday on YouTube and Twitch. Watch on Twitch. Help us get monetized. I'm sitting there watching them getting ready to leave the house. And I don't know if y'all caught that real quick peep. In the window. In the window. And I'm like, don't leave, don't leave. And then they leave, and then he comes back. By this time, he gets inside the house. Sitting, I think near that piano or something. Yep. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. <laughs> the whole time thinking, the, the kids, kids didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I always talk about like my daughter to this day, she's seven years old. Her first um SmackDown was last year, October 1st, right? And the memory, if I play Seth Rollins music <laughs> in the car, she gives me this dirty look because she cannot yeah, stand funny suit, is what she names him. Funny because the fact that he went in Edge's house <laughs> last year. She still remembers that. And, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, first of all, I love when they go in the houses, right? Yeah. This, this is great. Triple H that, did that's it. What I was about to say, Undertaker that's the only thing that happens. Don't call people Austin. Austin. Austin and Pillman, yeah. Pillman got a gun. Pillman got a gun. <laughs> Episode three of Book of Wrestling. Yes, sir. So when I'm sitting there, I'm like, Oh my goodness! I, I, I'm thinking like, wasn't there a nanny in there? I, I think that she was talking to. So this right here in this episodic television, yeah, it is. So every week you gotta tune in. Look, I've been getting hit up. Like people saying, "Yo, I can't wait to tune into the wrestling room because y'all, we need to know what's the next part of this investigation." <laughs> Bro, what did he do to Miz? Did he? I don't know. We're, we're definitely trying to figure that out. What, Sh- was Sherlock it something homie. sexual? Like, what did he do? Like, I've been wondering. Ever, like, did did does Dexter Loomis have the same booty goons as Ray J? Like, I'm wondering what is going on right now. Look, look, we was in a me, me and brother. He was in D.C. for the Raw. And, and, and when it was the second appearance of Dexter Loomis, and we seen him come out of nowhere. I said, "Yo, look, look!" And Susan, next thing you know, boom, they tackled him. So I'm like, "Wait, did they show that on TV?" And you, everybody, go like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, <laughs> this thing is crazy. <laughs> Yo, look, Paul Levesque is doing his thing, man. He's cooking. <laughs> he is cooking right now. So okay, so I had to ask about that. Now, this question is for all of y'all. With, mm-hmm. with, with NXT 2.0 and NXT England and all that stuff, 
uh, pretty much ending. Who do y'all think is the premier? And I want a different answer from each of y'all. Who do y'all think is the guy that needs to be main event coming from either NXT 2.0, NXT England? Who's your main event guy that you putting your money behind? I'll start off with you, brother Hugh. You get to go first so they don't jack your answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's easy. You got to go with Melo. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that, honestly, that, you, that you match with Melo and Ricochet was nuts. Yeah, that was unbelievable. You cannot go wrong with Melo. Like the charisma's there, the look is there. He might be a little short, but hey, it don't matter now with Triple H. It don't matter. Now, yeah. <laughs> Papa H said, "Come on now, you know." But like, yeah, it, got, it has to be Melo. You can't go wrong with him. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna go to you next, Dwayne. Who you got? I'm gonna go with the, with the obvious, probably uh, Braun Breaker. Yep. Uh, you know, I just, I just think, uh, like, I watched this dude do a standing, I don't know if it was a standing backflip or a standing shooting star press, whatever it was. I was just like, man, oh, yeah, his, yeah. His, his pedigree and athleticism, I mean, he's, he's, nowhere, he's nowhere near there, but he has, it's there, like, oh, okay. Every, like, major veteran, old school guy, like, oh, no, nah, we this is, we know talent when we see it. And um, I just think Ron Brick, like, once he comes into his own, you know what I mean, and stop, not stop doing it, but he, Bromberger has to find who he is. You know, I understand. Not be Goldberg, and, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of course, that, and that's what development is for, but I think uh is that guy, though. Yep. And I think he knows that, Dwayne, because his tattoo that he had of Goldberg, I remember he did an interview and he was like, man, I wish I never got that because now where I'm yeah. at, I don't want people to to uh to, you know, associate sure. that that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's why Randy Orton didn't get it, because he wanted it. Yeah. Yep. I, did, didn't he talk about that in an interview, B? I feel like he did. Yeah, he, he talked about it uh, on the Ring of Wrestling show earlier this year. Thought so, y'all. I, I told you, y'all. I was working. Yeah, I told y'all, y'all the only y'all the, y'all the only wrestling podcast I listen to. So who you got beat? Uh, well, we got I, we got Mello and we got Braun. Who, who's I'm yours? actually gonna pick a lady, and I'm looking at her right now, and that is the incredible Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Mandy Rose is this generation's Trish Stratus. You know, you look at her; she came in as a, a, a bodybuilder, fitness model. When she was on Tough Enough, I remember, you know, I was like, she's money. She's not going to win because if you win, it's a curse, actually. She's not going to win. But and then if you remember, there was a point in time where like Miz was favoring her and Paige was like, you just picking her because she's hot. But and I was like, oh, is that jealousy? (laughs) But for her to say, I'm going to go back and go to NXT and develop. And now you can see like the charisma because like she's always had to look. Let's be real. Yeah. But yep. you didn't see that confidence, that charisma, even the way she holds the championship. And for them to put her over Miko Satamora, who is like oh, a, a dog, dog and oh come on, you know. So that's the person that you know she's going to be on all the posters. She's going to be on the WrestleMania flyers, probably WrestleMania Hollywood or WrestleMania Philadelphia. Yep. So yeah, that's what I'm putting the money behind. Mandy Rose. Ooh, I like all those answers. And I, I'm gonna ask: Is there any chance Tyler Bate gets a shot, or is he the next Finn Balor relegated to the mid card? Mm. I, I think so. I think Tyler Bate has to figure out his look. You know what I mean? Like I think he he's. Listen, hands down, one of the best in-ring performers I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he kills it. Tyler Bates is, is the reason he was the first ever NXT UK champion. He over Pete Dunne, by the way. He's ridiculous. I think, you know, between uh, what he did as Tyler Bates in the beginning and then what he did in Moustache Mountain and then kind of the iteration that we're seeing. Once he finds a way to make himself mark, like he don't need a, a chemical character change. He has to make people care about who Tyler Bates is outside of what he does in the ring. 
because it's a wrestling business and you and you have to kind of you need kids to buy your action figures and want to buy your t-shirts and want to say your catchphrases and things like that and um and I, and I think until then he may find himself as a great hand and like thankfully Triple H is in charge now well he he they'll find a way for him to be featured until he finds his voice which is a positive thing you know what I mean and um but you know as of right now I I, I don't disagree with you I think he is kind of a you know he'll be a solid working guy mid card guys great matches but until he finds his voice and who he is, you know, as far as Tyler Bate character is. That's where he might be stuck. Yeah. And I like yeah. Tyler Bate too, man. That's yeah. why that's why I had to ask. That's just where I see him at right now. Now, mm-hmm. a, an, another question for all of y'all. We got two more before we get y'all up out of here. Um, who and I'm a, I'm gonna bring it back to, to AEW for a little bit because I think one of the most interesting things is their tag team division, but it, it confuses mm. the hell out of me because we got seven star <laughs> FTR, we don't put the belts on them, which I think is I'm still like, what is that gonna happen? And then we got swerving our glory, who I love, but I don't know what's going on with them. They're supposed to be baby faces, but they're turning to heels because the acclaim is too popular. And yeah. I love the acclaim, but I don't know if they're good enough wrestlers to put the belts on. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what we say. <laughs> perfect. So, like, how do y'all how do y'all feel about that situation? <laughs> and you whichever one of y'all can start. You said it perfectly, though. That's exactly. <laughs> he did. He said it exactly. perfectly. That is exactly the conflict that they have right now, right? Like, like you have, like you said, seven star FTR. These are the tag team pioneers. These are the guys that are about tradition and able to make sure that tag team wrestling never gets forgotten. And yet they got lost in the shuffle somehow because you you were favored. They favored the Bucks, right? But the marking, also, marking out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then on the other hand, you have like these trios tag teams, like champions. So they're like, sw- sw- I love swerving our glory because I like the dynamic between a powerhouse. And um and, and like you know kind of an in ring working guy like you know he's I don't want to call him a high flyer but he's he's a mix a Swiss Army knife like Swerve can do a little bit of everything right do a little Montez mm-hmm. do a little yeah a little bit of everything yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of you know he's got a little bit of everything right and then like you said the problem is you have like the acclaimed who's kind of I don't want to say they're green but they're fresh faces and it's like well who's going to help get these guys like who what veteran tag team are they going to work with now to establish these guys as the next ones because okay say they beat Swerve and I glory. What if the, the the number one contender is FTR? You really have me believe that they that they have a chance against FTR? Like you no, gotta make no way in hell. That's what I'm saying. Like to me, that's AEW's issue, right? You have to build a team to be formidable. So then, who the guy the guys that come after that, you can say, oh, this is gonna be a good match. For instance, right now, if if the young, if the elite leaves AEW right now, immediately you know they can go face the new day because that's something we haven't seen and you know yep. what. They're going to bring it immediately, right? Same way I feel about um, Death Triangle with Pac, with uh, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. All three veterans. If they if they make a jump shift immediately, that matchup is automatically intriguing. A claim is the new face that's popular, but you got to build them up because only ones you have left now are established tag teams, right? And there are no other young tag teams right now. You, we already saw uh, the gun club kind of get toasted. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, you know, they, they jump their daddy. He's running with their claim now. Like, hey, but real quick, Austin Gunn might have, might have. Uh, I don't think Max Caster had better bars than Austin Gunn that night. I'm going to keep it being. That first oh. Austin Gunn verse, that was the hardest verse of the thing. Listen to me. Austin Gunn can go. I heard a song. I saw, I saw a trick song he did. I was, I said, oh, this, this brother is talented. And that's why the next night, the next time Max Caster came out, he made sure to go extra hard. Like I was like, "Oh, you know you got good." 
Austin, I think Austin got held back some bar. He was pulling punches. But I agree. Because I think if they really went toe to toe, I think Austin's going to tear him a new one. But, you know, but like, we look at the deal the gun club. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's, they're one of the few young tag teams out there. But who do they work with? So it, I think AEW has a, has a problem across the board. But I really do like Swerve and I Lloyd. But it's just like, it's everything seems to be all over the place. I can't make sense of it. Yeah, because yeah, they showed the, the with Brian Pillman and the other dude. That joke was terrible. Oh. Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I like BP Jr., man, but they just be doing him dirty. No, no, and look, look, Brian Pillman Sr. is in my top 10. You've seen my top 10. <laughs> Brian Pillman Sr. is in my top 10. I wanted the root <laughs> for this kid. I can't. He don't have think, the lineage. <laughs> yeah, no, you got a good point. I think Brian Pillman Jr. belongs to NXT 2.0. I think he would thrive in that atmosphere. Yep, he need, he need that development. I agree. That's I, the thing right I, there. And I feel the same way about Austin Gunn. Imagine those guys with those personalities in NXT 2.0. Yeah. Like in that platform, of a chance to develop, just give It'll them time. Shawn Michaels. That's what I'm saying. Just give them time. <laughs> and Colton, like, Colton could, I think Colton could be a star too. Because Colton, he just started wrestling. I didn't know that like two mm-hmm. years ago. And it's shocking. Like in ring, he's great. He might not have the mic skills like Austin, but in ring, he there. So they there by 2024? Because <laughs> you know Billy going back. Look, yeah. look, Triple H in charge. He's like, look, we know what happened before. You got popped or whatever. You was just working out. We get it. We get it. Come come on back. Come you know, back. All is come well is well. We're going to have a whole DX, the whole click <laughs> running thing. Right. You know, they probably right. got Kevin Nash doing some like um, mentoring and stuff that we don't know about. You know, he probably. That podcast you know, just a front. They, right. They get they giving them checks. He collected WWE checks. Kevin Ash watches every week because he comes yes. on. Oh, he's a consultant. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a consultant. And he definitely watch AEW just to talk to just, hey Paul. Yeah. This is what they doing. Yeah. Look, they best friends. You know why? Because look, the realness is the Kevin Nash of the click. You know, you, you don't yeah. think that if, if it was a similar situation, that's exactly what Dwayne gonna be doing. Look, I can pay, pay him was, a lot of money to do his least amount of work. Here you go, Kevin Nash. That's, hey. that's my way. That's my whole fuck. There's a ton of money. Dude, let's get paid. It is. Let's get that money. 100%. It is. Now, and then I guess the final question I got for y'all, and I'm going to go around the board. Who (laughs) is the best wrestler in 2022? Who is the best wrestler? All companies. You could tell me uh, Jay Jay White if you want. I don't care. Who is? Look, he got Conor McGregor in him. I, I, I see it. Like Jay White is that he's that dude, man, to me. Like I like him more than Osprey. Because yes, he is. Big I, I, I mean, yeah. I see you the way Os- Osprey is I technically great, but Osprey yeah, just he, he don't got the mouth. He's, no he's no Jay White. I watched yep. Jay White from the beginning before he had a character in Ring of Honor. He did his excursion in, in Ring of Honor. He was black trunks, no, because in New Japan, the young boys except for America. <laughs> and it's no gimmick. Then they go back with the character. I watched mm-hmm. it from the media. This dude, Jay White, is going to be our And to see what a switchblade is now, I'm going to leave it at that because we'll be talking about him all day. But I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, King Switch. So, all right, I'm going to start off with you, Brother Hugh. Best wrestler, 2022. Who you got? Oh, man, I might have to pass it on. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Oh, you got the deuce, bro. It's, it's so, <laughs> hey, it's so many options, bro. Oh, I need time. I need one, and I if I if I pass it to if I pass it to one of them, and they take your answer, you can't be mad. Nah, 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 I ain't gonna be mad. Go ahead, you, you go ahead, give me. All right, which which one of y'all want to go? Whichever one, br br Dwayne, whichever one of y'all want to go. <laughs> <laughs> go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. 
Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins I, I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> Seth Rollins is the guy that everybody wants to have a match with, you know, because yep. not only is he putting on great matches, he's on the marquee. And you know what did it for him that made him the best wrestler? That match with Cody Rhodes. Yes, sir. When he took oh. care and protected that man. That lets you know, okay, this is a guy that I can trust with my life, you know? And so that's the, that's right there. You, you know, it's a, it's a shame that there was the... um the sponsorship that uh, robbed us of a match for him at SummerSlam. But yeah, man, uh-huh. to me, Seth Rollins was like, Roman uh-huh. is the guy you make money with. Like they like Hogan and Savage, right? Yeah. Hogan is the guy you make money with. Seth Rollins is the guy He's you the make best matches. wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm not mad at that answer. Who you got, Dwayne? And I'm going to Marquis, man. I'm going with Roman. Hmm? I mean, that just, just not a bad just, answer I, either. He's a guy that I never expected to like the way they gave us. Like they were giving us Roman when we wanted Daniel Bryan, and I never forgave him ever since. But for him to completely change my attitude, you know, I'm difficult to kind of come around. And, and just to, to see the way he delivers it match after match, and he tells a different story every time. That's the thing that that shows that he's on a different level as far as what a wrestler is in today's day and age. Man, he has found a way to. He takes all the time. He works a part time schedule, dang near, and he finds a way to stay relevant, stay on top. And to stay, uh, you know, it, the reason that people shout and scream. I've never shouted and screamed at my TV this much in a long time due to Roman and everything he's involved with. So I definitely go Roman Reigns. I like both of those answers, man. Who you got, brother Hugh? I'm going to go uh, impact wise. <laughs> hey, I was, I was, hey, you know what I was saying? But, uh, hey, real, impact- real, real spiel. The Shield is carrying wrestling right now. Like, I hey. like <laughs> Kinda. Right, I, yeah. I want to say I want to say Moxley, but I'm like, ah. He, but, he yeah. honorable Honestly, mention, like, cause he he did hold AEW down for the summer. I give him he that, did. right? Yeah. Exactly. But but to be honest, and like, people might look at me like I'm crazy though. But I was gonna say Kevin Owens just because of like his work okay. ethic and what, what he that. brings to the table. The way he like, puts Zeke course, over. Oh, this yeah. year, this year, the only thing is, this year he might not have have had like a lot of marquee matchups. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So if you match him up like with a Seth Rollins, you know, he has Cody, he has Roman. He but has Impact, he might be because you got the you got the Stone Cold match. You got the Z. Exactly. That's enough. That exactly. Stone Cold match might be yeah. Hashtag so, tweet so, the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <Get out of laughs> right. Right. That might be not everything, brother. So you might be right on that. That's not a bad pick, man. I like that a lot. I I, I think I'm gonna go with. It's between Seth and Roman for me, but I do have John Moxley honorable mention just for what he did for AEW in the summer holding it down. I think I'm going to say Seth best in ring, but overall mm-hmm. Roman got me on my TV every week holding up the ones. Like, mm-hmm. like every week. That's the you got it all, bro. You got like, it all. It, it's incredible what that dude has done because I wasn't watching him when the, uh, he was the big dog, but I watched mm-hmm. a lot of docs on the big dog, and mm-hmm. people hated that character. Like, <laughs> people hated that dude. Like, I'm shocked he got where he is, but I think it's what the Usos said about how he just had to start being himself, and once mm-hmm. he was himself, it was over with. And, like, Give that... to his mental health. That, too. That, too, because, like, man, to say what he went through going through leukemia and then having all the people in the world hate you. Well, like all the people in the wrestling universe hate you and to get over that, say, you know what? Screw this. I'm doing what I want. And y'all going to love me. Acknowledge me hard. Mm-hmm. Hardest thing ever, right. man. This, this right. was great. I love this, man. Thank y'all so much for coming on the show, the radio show, the podcast. 
This was absolutely amazing. For the podcast audience, again, y'all can tell the people where they can follow y'all at on social media. We can just start with Brian, go Dwayne, and finish off with Brother Hugh. All right, so uh, make sure you check us out on the Wrestling Realm YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Wrestling Realm. Realm spelled with a W, get the alliteration. Uh, also check us out on Patreon. We got some exclusive content. Um, I just dropped, uh, so this is Friday? Yeah, I just dropped um, three moments. Uh, my grandmother's, my late grandmother's birthday was this week. So, I mean, this week. So I dropped uh, three wrestling moments I shared with her. But also I, re- I booked this upcoming Survivor Series. So uh, spoiler alert, I'll give y'all the main event. Bloodline with Solo Sokoa versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Austin Theory and Braun Strowman. Read hey. why. <laughs> Read it. Why I did it is you know subscribe only a dollar, but you can follow me at Brian H Waters on all social media platforms. One hundred percent, y'all go follow my man B and check out all the amazing wrestling realm content. Like oh, I we said, got merch. www.wrestlingrealm.com. I was about to say, man, what, what you talking about, man? Promote best, it, baby. This is the best wrestling podcast out. These brothers right here, y'all go follow them, Dwayne. Tell the people they can follow you at on social media, my man. And you can follow me at Dwayne Allen 24, D-W-A-Y-N-E-A-L-L-E-N 24, and T-R-D-A-B-R-A-N-D on Instagram. 100%. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Dwayne and Brother Hugh one more time before we get up out of here. Tell the people they can follow you at on social media. One more time with the Hey Bob and the H-A-S-T-H-E-3-R-D. You can find me on all social media platforms. I also have Hazmat 3 photos. That's H-A-S-M-A-T-3 photos 100% y'all go follow each one of these brothers man y'all go check out their content if you couldn't hear the passion in their voice in this interview I don't know what you're listening to these dudes are those guys I love that I I, I love that I got to be the Sami Zayn today bloodline today that was that was absolutely amazing <laughs> honorary oops <laughs> honorary oops baby <laughs> so that was awesome Thank you, fellas. And uh, we'll, let's finish up the pod right now. Man, once again, want to say thank you so, so much to the Wrestling Realm pod, Brother Hugh, uh, Dwayne, and my man, Brian H. Waters, for coming on to the show and talking wrestling with me. I truly, truly enjoyed that conversation. And look, we have more content coming. Don't be surprised if you see me over there soon. If you see them back here, I told you, I'm, I, I could be the fourth oost to the bloodline. So <laughs> really appreciate those gentlemen for coming on. Y'all make sure y'all go follow them on their social medias. And I'll put the links to their stuff in the descriptions of the video and the audio of this episode. But this was episode zero of the Work Shoot Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And episode one will be out uh, in a couple of days. Episode one, Pete and I have already recorded it. Uh, we did our predictions for the major, major AEW TV show that will be dropping in uh, two weeks. Uh, two weeks from, well, not this upcoming Wednesday, but the following one on Dynamite. So we gave our predictions for that and a bunch of other stuff. So make sure you tune into the inaugural. Uh, well, not the inaugural because this was the inaugural, but make sure you tune into episode one of the Work Shoot Show. And, and once again, just want to say thank you to Brian, Dwayne, and Brother Hugh. But for Brian, for Dwayne, for Brother Hugh, my name is Lyndon. Thank you to everybody tuning into episode zero of the Work Shoot Show. Be on the lookout for episode one. And until then, have a good one and peace.